Toku Secrets is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts today. Tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast, presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Nathan Saab Silver, and today we are doing our uh, monthly review of the current Sentai that is airing, Osama Sentai King Oger. Last time we did a full review and early thoughts on the first episode, so now we are going to be taking a look at episodes two through five. Uh, as uh, uh, remember, we are going to be doing this at least uh, once a month for King Oger. Uh, so before we get started, uh, we got the whole crew on. I'm going to let them uh, introduce themselves. Go ahead, guys. Oh, Pat Chinkin right here. Hey, Rizwan Gokai right here. And Anthony Koyu Green. All right. So uh, let's jump right in. Uh, we got. Um, these five episodes, uh, well, four episodes, sorry, um, have a lot that happened, so we got a lot to cover. So uh, let's, uh, before we get started, let's uh, briefly do a recap of uh, King Oger episode one, because a lot of stuff happened. Um, so uh, 2,000 years ago on the world of Shikyu, and uh, I want to come back to that. Um, we're going to come back to the world of Shikyu in a little bit. Uh was invaded by aliens called the Bugnarok, and they were defeated by five brave warriors who used these uh, shoe gods that can combine with uh, form the Guardian King Oger, a giant robot, and they defeated the Bugnarok. Five warriors all formed their own kingdoms, and became kings, and they leave, lived peacefully among each other for 2,000 years. Then, of course, in the present day, there's a prophecy that the Bugnarok is going to return, and we get introduced to the uh, five rulers and the five kingdoms. So, um, all of whom, uh, the five warriors, um, as you probably would have guessed, are uh, are um, the uh, King Ogers, the Rangers here. So, we have Rackless Hasty, who is the king of the central strong kingdom, uh, Jugodum. Uh, and uh, he he's ba- um, he is at least supposedly uh, the Red King Oger, um, Kuwagata Oger, uh, Stag Beetle. Uh, Yamagust, who is the king of the technologically advanced uh, in Osopa. Uh, he is Tombo Oger, or Blue uh, Dragonfly. Uh, Himeno Ran, who's the queen of the uh, art and uh, medicine, kind of a posh-looking kingdom called uh, Ishibana, uh, Kamakiri Oger. Uh, she is yellow, uh, praying mantis. Uh, Kaguraki Dibosuki, uh, a more uh, agricultural kingdom called Tofu. Um, Hachi Oger, he's black, uh, wasp. And uh, finally, uh, Rita Kanisuka, uh, a northern uh, you know, winter kingdom called Gokan. Uh, she is the Papillion Oger. Uh, her color is purple. Lilac, uh, well, they, it's more lilac than purple, but um, a butterfly. And uh, pretty much in the first episode, there were uh, those five uh, kings, or queens in this case, uh, um, they came together to decide what to do when the Bugna Rock returns, and there was a dispute between Rackless and Yanma. 
because Rackless wanted to be uh, named like the the like central ruler of Shaku. Then, of course, uh, after that, uh, the Bugnarok returned and invaded. And uh, while it was being invaded, uh, you had a Himeno, Kaguraki, and Rita. They were fighting, and there's this peasant in Shugadam called Gira who discovered that Rackless was trying to use the Bugnarok's attack to jumpstart his plan to take full control over Shikyu. And he, of course, gets angry and, you know, at how corrupted Rackless is, so he steals Rackless's sword, and he becomes Kawagata Ojer himself, and basically, uh, we kind of had some debate over what this, um, over what this, uh, or what he was saying, but, uh, I actually had my wife, uh, translate the, uh, episode for me a little bit so that we have a better, uh, um, understanding of it. Uh, pretty much, Gira's whole logic is that if Rockless is good as a corrupted person, then he's evil, and he's going to take and he's going to do evil. Kind of like how technically Robin Hood is evil to Prince John's good, even though Prince John is, when you look at it, evil. If that makes sense, I know it's kind of complicated, but no, figure it out. Yeah. Um. So it ended on a cliffhanger with a bunch of uh, Shugatam troops uh, attempting to uh, arrest Gira, which now brings us into uh, where we are now, um, episode two, um, A King for Whose Sake. Uh, it's pretty much an episode that revolves around Gira and Yanma, uh, where uh, the, the plot is that Yanma takes Gira to his kingdom in Kosopa, uh, he he does it just because you know he hates Rackless and he just wants to give a huge middle finger to him. Uh, and Gira, seeing how Yama treats Ra um, his people, thinks that he's no different from Rackless. But then he realizes that Yama might actually be a bit more representative than um, than uh, than he realizes when. Uh, when Yama defies a demand from Rackless, and you know he, and you know his bold and brave personality represents the people of Inkosopa. so uh, he, so you know he becomes convinced. Okay, maybe this guy isn't as bad. Um, now, a couple of things: uh, Yama actually transforms into Tamba Oja for the first time in this episode. Uh, did not see him transform in the previous episode. Um, the Ranger Wiki says that they did it, that they did appear in the previous episode, but I actually don't remember. So I'm actually gonna say that we get introduced to uh, the um, leaders of the Bugnarok. Not that I mean, so far they're not really interesting villains, but uh, we have Emperor Desnarok the Eighth and his Prime Minister uh, Kamijin. Um, they they're the leaders of the uh, of the Bugnarok, and they've come here to quote unquote look for Shakyu's treasure. Um, and uh, the episode ends with uh, Yama and Gira saving uh, Inkosopa from this one monster, and then they get kidnapped by another one um, by um, by the god Kamikiri, the Mech of uh, Kamikiri Oger. So. Uh, that's about that. About wraps up the summary of this episode. Uh, anybody want to uh, their thoughts on this? Because I've been talking for quite a bit. So, uh, anybody want to jump in? Just go ahead. You, anybody want to go before me? Because I have. You got it, man. You start off. 
Why? Why <laughs> <laughs> old would start off, and I don't want to start off this time. Okay. Um. I at first I kind of thought this episode was a little bit stupid because of um Jan. I'm not. I didn't particularly like how he presented himself when he first started like explaining his kingdom and everything. And when it was announced over the speakers that his kingdom got cut off because he basically hoarded uh, a gear away and it upset his citizens to the point where they actively started to like, I guess attack him in their way of attacking people. I kind of understood his citizens point of view but the part that made me really find this episode stupid was at the very end when he doubled down on his decisions and his people ended up liking him for it. Am I am I the only one who felt that way? Yeah. Okay, good. So it's not I just felt the way at first, but I, I feel like there's a there's a, there's a reason for it, but you want to go ahead and um explain it. Yeah, so my 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 thoughts here are yeah, Yanma he really kind of pissed off his people in the beginning. But honestly, his people are very typical um kingdom citizens in my opinion. And what I mean by that is when things are going great, we love the king, the king's amazing, he can do no wrong. The minute the king screws up and does something that makes them feel discomfort and pain or difficulty, they're like, bring the feather and tar. It's time to, you know, wreck the king and just take him out. So I, I can see why they had to change the heart so quickly. Because by the end of it, they had proven supremacy over Rockless in that instance. And so they're riding the high of oh, our king did a great job in the end, even though we didn't like what he did in the beginning. That doesn't matter now, because he did great. That, so, I don't care. That's a stupid reason. I mean, it's <laughs> a very pe- historically correct reason, though. Yeah, but at the same time, it made me question the, the IQ of his whole kingdom. I'm not, <laughs> I'm well, not, even, I'm not even joking, because when... when the his king when his citizens started screaming in the background and uh Gira was like you hear that they're screaming out in anger for you and then it cut to them crying like saying yeah that's my king and then Gira had this look of like confusion and shock on his face i had the exact same look on my face <laughs> i was i was insanely confused and at a loss like i i just found the whole idea hilarious and stupid at the same time it doesn't help that yanma is a bit of a turd i don't yeah, like him i don't like him I really don't he like. Kind of is, but I feel that there's a, there's like some kind of like reason for that because I've noticed that like the way his kingdom is set up is that 
he could easily like lose his 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 kingdom ship if someone can out hack him. Yeah, I've noticed that it's like it's it's very like oh if you can you can beat best me and my and my expertise, I'll let you be king. Yeah, like, straight up. But nobody nobody can step up to him like that. And no, I that's think what, really what, what it is. is yeah. And I think they kind of respect him for that because, like, he's that dude, you know. But I understand what Patrick's talking about. I did not like him at first, too. But I kind of see, like, maybe there's more to why he's why he is the way he is. And I'm gonna like try to like to give him an open, give well, like an open mind when it comes to this character. Even he even said in the episode uh, something along the lines of, "I didn't want to be king. I just wanted the apex." And the apex is the big jewel thing that kind of gives the king odes their powers, I think, or something. I don't fully understand the apex yet, mm-hmm. but um, he wanted that, so he worked his hacking skills up to the level of uh, president or king or whatever you want to call him, so that he could get the apex. And while that was his original goal, and his secondary uh, thing was to do with the kingdom... I think overall he didn't do terrible by the kingdom. I mean, yeah, he he was kind of inflammatory a little bit and he wasn't looking for their best interest, but also at the same time would you, would you support Rockless as king of your own country and what you've seen so far? No. Okay. No. His then, his, his pride it has basically put the kingdom in a rougher situation because they have no support from the central kingdom. And the people but, of his... Like, I don't care for that. Okay, but the central kingdom is also turning tyrannical. They want to... You know, they want to mm-hmm. control the king of their powers and do all this terrible stuff. They're not... He's not... Rackless is not being honorable at all here. I Yeah, but it so, didn't... If it I, made it, if it made it clearer that the rest of the kingdom understood that, I would probably get it. But from their perspective, I don't think they understand like the gravitas of what's going on. But see, that's the same thing as the serfdom from the old medieval kingdom times, where yeah, the peasants don't know what the heck is going on with the royalty. <laughs> All they know is. Ooh, pretty people in pretty clothing wearing pretty crowns. (laughs) And on certain days, the people in the pretty crowns are doing them a favor by feeding them. And on other days, there's there's a warring army marching down their village and burning everything to the ground. They're like, well, sit. The crown people suck. So, I mean, look, I know it's irritating, it's but, probably just, it's probably just because I'm viewing this the same way I view our political figures, and that's incredibly harshly. Mm-hmm. Well, no, <laughs> so, that's fair. But so I'm looking at this from a medieval period kind of piece. Yeah, and no, I'm looking at this through a modern lens, and that's probably and that's not your problem. It, yeah, it is my problem, but <laughs> that's, that's just problem. how I'm going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your problem. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, man, this is your problem to figure out. <laughs> I thought it was well done. I thought this episode was really good. I thought so, too, yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised, like, how some people might feel about 
you know, a, a certain political figure. Because to kind of use another fictional, uh, some people, you know, just aren't aware of, like, how corrupt some people are. Like, to use another fictional example, I've read a couple of Star Wars books that take a place during, like, Palpatine's reign, like, of the Empire. A lot of people like Palpatine, despite him, you know, clearly being an evil person. So Right, and in that case, they honestly thought that Palpatine as the Emperor was doing right by the galaxy. They didn't know that Palpatine was a Sith Lord and he was evil and probably said never even rose to power or anything. I mean... Of course not. Yeah, so, because, I mean, like... The same we, idea there. Yeah, because, like, I mean, we... As we're, 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 we're the ones seeing all this because, like, if we could tell him, like, hey... This is what's going on. We would, but we can't. Yeah. We're just we're just people watching the TV show. Because right. they just try and to like, twist it around. Like movie. in the book that I read, like people, and I'm sorry to use the Star Wars example again, but like people publicly look at Palpatine as if like, oh, you know, he ended the war when those evil, evil Jedi couldn't end the wars, and he realized that the Jedi were going to betray him, so he killed those evil Jedi and brought peace to the galaxy. Like, long live Palpatine. Yep. Yeah, yeah, major but, propaganda. That's that's classic yeah, one on one. But from our perspective as the viewer, Palpatine was like Hitler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I, I definitely think I don't know if I like Yanma a hundred percent yet. I think I want to see more of him. Right? Like I mean, that, that's yeah. How I, I mean, feeling. I mean, I'm harsh on him right now because I don't. I I'm not a fan of these Sentai characters that are just clearly trying to act up the super tough guy act. Like, cause he, yeah. it, he's definitely hiding some parts of his personality and everything. But, oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. But, and, but I think the part that really gets to me is his, his insults. Yeah. Why, why, why is he yeah. calling everybody? The subtitle... Yeah. Why, why is he yeah. called? Why is yeah, why is he calling people goat scrotum all the time? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I was kind of curious about that too. Um, like, you call me I that would, my face, you're losing your jaw, pal. <laughs> I would love to see Nathan's wife translate that for us more accurately. Yeah. Just so we know if these are accurate in terms of what insults he's flinging around. Because if this guy is really insulting us with X, uh, mid two thousands Xbox Live insults, I'm not. I'm he's. I'm never gonna like him. <laughs> I'm sorry. But if it's a bad translation, you might like him. Yeah. If 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 we can get a more accurate translation as to what he's saying, I could probably ease on him a little bit. But yeah. Who are the subs that we got? Were those Stephen Nehan? Yeah. Okay, well, they're usually pretty. Wait, they're usually pretty good with translations. The, the ones I've seen, I, I get TV Nihon. I went, I remember, I don't remember. I did didn't just see the uh, other episodes on Plex yet, so yeah. Uh, so are they the same thing? Not from my perspective. I may have I mean, to go uh, back and rewatch. What them. What was the insult he threw around to you on your sub? It was Tanuki. It it was Tanuki. Tanuki. That's not yeah. even remotely close to what <laughs> No, because really? in the uh, in the subs I saw, he was saying uh, raccoon something. He was raccoon brain. brain. Yeah, raccoon, raccoon brain. brain. Okay. That's still a... Wait, aren't you... Aren't, uh, aren't you... Yeah, Tanuki and raccoon, raccoon are the same thing. Yeah. Okay, okay. But 
I do want to take a second here. I know there's been a lot of uh, dislike of Yanma and the people of his kingdom and all that. But I want to take a step back and just say, dude, I am super appreciating the amount of work these guys put into making the world and yeah. designing it and yeah. making it come to life. Yeah. I mean, this world is amazing. It's, it's it looks definitely, perfect. I would live. It's, it's definitely a, what's the word I'm looking for? A step outside of the normal boundaries of Sentai, which is kind of set in the modern times that it's being filmed in. They went all in on making this like its own world with its own aesthetics and everything. And it's it's a gamble. That's where I was looking for. It's a bit of a, a gamble. Well, uh, and also the thing I really like about it is that they you can tell they put the budget in the right places here to bring yeah. out such an amazing looking world. And it's not just this world. It's all the worlds we're going to talk about today because we see all the different King Odred worlds one episode at a time. I'm, Sorry, I'm, spoiler, mm-hmm. but you know. Yeah, that's something I'm really. I was kind of afraid that like a good chunk of the action was going to take place in Shu Gotham, so I'm glad that they're traveling between worlds. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. It's oh, better yeah. to do that earlier in the season so we can get a a good familiarity with everything. Yeah, now. and so I think having yeah. one episode per character in their kingdom. Like we're mm-hmm. getting in these episodes is really powerful because mm-hmm. I don't want to say too much right now, but by the end of it, you get a really good idea of flavor of what we're dealing with here. Oh, yeah. And I think the other thing I like is, especially with Yanma, we're seeing different types of styles of ruling, right? Like, um, obviously, Reckless is kind of evil. And then Yanma's kind of more hands off and aloof, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, honestly. I mean, that is a, that is a good way to describe it, given how his his throne is basically a fold up chair on a fold fold up table with like a bunch of <laughs> cheap computers sitting on top of it. <laughs> he didn't really have like okay. a. Well, he is giving president vibes. So. Yeah, I I will also say with all that. As a person who studied cybersecurity for his master's uh, thesis, I loved the way they resolved their conflicts in this kingdom. Yeah, that was don't, awesome. Don't, don't go punching out a dude because he, you know, looked at you the wrong way. Pull out your laptop that he carry with you 24-7 <laughs> and hacker <hack> man. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like Yu-Gi-Oh! Dually, but with computers instead of um dual monsters. <laughs> And, you know, every now and then when I see people doing hacking in anime or TV shows in general, I sometimes get annoyed because it's just them tapping on a keyboard with, like, no you know, sense or purpose. Like, just while typing. Yeah, while typing, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> in this case, it kind of worked. Because this wasn't a modern era. It yeah, was it's a, a... It's its own it's world. So mm-hmm. I have an easier time accepting... Okay, they're randomly pounding on the keyboard with no purpose, but maybe that means something to them because their world is way different than our world. Yeah, yeah, that is one advantage of them not super, having super this. advanced. Yeah, it's one of the yeah. advantages of this not taking place in modern day Tokyo, like every other Sentai has. Thank 
God, we're not in Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. This, this aesthetic and season concept would not work in the modern world. You know so. what I want? I want a Toku from Japan set in New York. That'd be cool. They haven't just, tried just something with it. Because Power Rangers adapted Sentai, but it's all California. Now, I want to see New, New York. York would be in a, yeah New York City would be an incredible backdrop for a Sentai season actually especially with a especially with a Statue of Liberty with the dragon story coming out of the water. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I I think that'd be <laughs> pretty bad. Or maybe or, or maybe Chicago. Mm-hmm. Wink wink. Hey Anthony, screw you. We're not going there right now. <laughs> We're not going there. Don't play with my field. For for the rest of y'all, I don't know what the I know. I, I had to make sure you got. I make sure you knew. I make sure that uh, that you caught the reference when I said it. I oh no, like, I yeah. got the reference immediately. So for those of y'all that yeah. don't know, there's a very um, unsettling thing that happens at Chicago in the Power Rangers audio drama that we're going to be reviewing later this year. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, so um, I'm not <clears> going <throat> to say anything more than that because it's a what? massive spoiler. But Why is it always it's Chicago? Massive, yeah. <laughs> it's not always Chicago. It's always New York. <laughs> but this time it's Chicago. <laughs> and not California. <laughs> well, okay, a little bit California. But, you know, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> we'll, you'll get, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. The um, only other thing I want to say... Uh, were you going to say something else, Riz? I was going to say I'm done talking about this episode. I'm ready to give it a score. And the, the only other thing I want to say, and this kind of, okay, this is kind of a spoiler for like all the rest of these episodes, but one thing I really love is the direction that they're taking with team building. I, I, the only, um, maybe some other modern Sentais have done this. I mean, I haven't seen anything. Like, this is the first Sentai I'm going to be watching all the way through, uh, since Tokyuger, but, uh, I want to say maybe the, Kyori Uger model? Because, like, Kyori Uger also started off where they're not all a team at the beginning, and it takes, like, four or five episodes for them to all come together. I really like yeah. that. I really <clears throat> like how that team building goes, and I really like how Vistentai is going for that, too. Yeah. Just want, I just wanted to kind of uh, briefly mention that. But, okay. Uh, no, it, that's something I'm going to touch on when we're done with the, five, uh, the four episode review, and we get to the general thoughts. You're right. Um, but I'm going to hold off until then so I can talk about it in more detail. But I enjoyed this one. I'm probably going to give it a seven. I'm going to be, I'm going to be very uncharacteristic to my true nature as a Toku, Toku Secrets podcaster. This is getting a nine. Ooh. Uh, I'm going with a five. I'm giving an eight. Man, we really have a broad spectrum here, don't we? <clears throat> Move on to the next one? Yeah. yeah. All right, episode three, Devotion to Selfishness. Uh, this is basically our introduction to Himeno, the uh, yellow King Oger, uh, Kamakuri Oger. Like I said, that's a praying mantis. <clears throat> um, before I um, bring up uh, anything else, though, uh, there's... Um, before we talk about the plot, there is uh, something brief here. Uh, we actually get the King Oger theme song. It debuts in this episode for some reason. Um, I get why they didn't do it in the first episode. Not really sure why they didn't do it in the previous episode. But here, 
Um, and the big thing is that the opening narration reveals that Shikyu is actually a separate planet from Earth very far away. So <clears throat> this does not take place on Earth. Really? So apparently, much, I mean, okay, I don't know if that means that this Sentai is in its own universe or something like that, but yeah, this is not on Earth, so this is completely <clears throat> separate. No, I, I, I interpreted that opening to say... They're on a different planet in a faraway universe away from Earth, but in all technicality, <clears throat> you could have the Gokaisers or the Kira Razors interact with this world. Don't give them any ideas. They oh. probably will have the Gokaisers show up. <laughs> hey, I would love that. <laughs> you know why I would love that? I'll tell you why. As they would clash incredibly with these guys. <laughs> As much as I would, <laughs> as much as I kind of like uh, Gera, like he's not a better character to me so far. He's a, he's mildly annoying. I would pay a lot of money to see Marvelous slap him around a bit. <laughs> <laughs> they would either be best friends or hate each other's guts, and there's nothing. No, in they would hate each other's. Gu- <laughs> there would be no best friend here because Marvelous would never become friends with him immediately. Yeah. Like. Maybe yeah. over time, Marvelous would tolerate him, but yeah. he wouldn't yeah, outright become friends with him immediately. <laughs> because Gira has guy vibes, and Marvelous took a while to get used to a guy on the team. Yeah, that's true. But no, that's I would true. love to see Gokai visit these guys. I don't want Kira Ranger to ever come anywhere near them, because Kira Ranger is too confusing for me. Well, for what- so many people... What I know, Q-Ranger takes place in its own universe, though, so I don't think it's possible. No, it doesn't. It does. It does? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Q-Ranger is like an RPM or what? a dino charge situation. Oh. You want know how I know this? Because um, you the there was actually... <clears throat> huh? Because you watched the season and I didn't? No, no, no. They there was a there was there was like a special that was that happened uh, during Q Ranger where like they meet Gavin and they meet um, another De- Sentai Ranger, but I forgot. De- I, I, can't, I want I want to say too much because I want to spoil for you. But yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember when that came out. They did say that the Q Rangers had to dimension hop or something. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was what it was. Yeah, I remember when that came out because people were t- making it was like it's, it was like a big deal that they finally admitted that there was a Sentai in another universe. Yeah, that and that's what explains that why um when when the uh, villains of that Sentai attacked and pretty much conquered almost every part of the universe, where were the other Sentai Rangers and where was the Gilkaisers and all them? So that's why. But what do we think of the theme song here? It's catchy. Like, I couldn't I get it, it out of my head I the like first time okay. I heard it. It's all right. Yeah. It's... I've, I didn't expect to be the way it... I mean, I don't think it's... It didn't the sound worst. like a like a Sentai theme. Yeah, I don't think it's the worst theme. Okay, to be honest, the more I think about it, I think the worst Super Sentai theme is going to be the one for the Sentai that we're about to review. Uh, Georanger, oh, I'm, I'm not yeah. a fan of that one, <laughs> but... Yeah, it's it's not a good song. <laughs> yeah. 
It's pretty. It's pretty mad to me. I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Yeah, but the, this theme song is okay. I probably put it in, in a. It's a mid tier theme for me. It's just oddly jarring. I love this theme. Kinda, it's kind of jarring though. Like it's a good song, but it doesn't really feel like it fits the the vibe of the show. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a Sentai. It doesn't feel like a Sentai opening. It feels like a just a, like an anime opening, really. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on to the uh, episode. Um, so Gira and Yanma, um, since you know from the previous episode they were captured by the god Kamakiri, they get brought to uh, the Ishibana Kingdom and they meet uh, Himeno, who demands that Yanma give her the Kawagata God. And most of the episode is all about them thinking that uh, you know Himeno comes off as this very selfish person because you know there's like a. Mm-hmm. It's like a scene where she and her people are like walking through the field and she says like, oh, this field is so beautiful except for that one really ugly shack. Could you like destroy that shack for me, please? Even though there's people uh... living in there. Um, and then, you know, her assistant has to like walk up and be all like, hey guys, uh, so uh, the queen doesn't like your house, so we're going to have to destroy it. So could you like move or something? And and it works. <laughs> so... Um, so that's pretty much most of the episode. Uh, um, w- one thing I forgot to mention is that, and this is kind of annoying, is that these last two episodes have introduced auxiliary mechs. Already, we're getting auxiliary mechs, even though we're like three episodes of this thing. The previous one, uh, we got like a pill bug roly poly mech that becomes like a ball and chain mace, and in this one, we get a snail that turns into a Gatling gun. And Show off the toys. That was cool. Show off all the toys. <laughs> It's oh. <laughs> merchandising, yeah. merchandising. Yeah, that's the one thing about these episodes that I'm kind of less than intrigued by is the number of Z- uh, Zords we have. And it's it's kind of a letdown because King Ogre as a mecha and the way they've had him fight has actually been really, really sick. But mm-hmm. man, they are just jamming these mechs down our throats at yeah. light speed. It's ridiculous. Um, anyway, uh, pretty much, uh, what the whole moral of this episode and, you know, the reason that Gira kind of discovers Himeno as being a good person is that he realizes that Himeno is selfish, but she believes that selfishness is a virtue and believes that people need to, to pursue their dreams. And in order to do that, they need to be selfish. So that's how, uh. You know, he grows to respect Himeno as a ruler. Pr- pretty much, uh, you know, it's pretty much like the same as the previous episode where, uh, you know, uh, Gira is learning about, you know, these uh, different uh, kings. Although I will give these episodes credit. Unlike the Cure Yujur episodes where, well, actually, you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to hold back to say that until we give our general thoughts on it. So I'm actually going to hold back on saying that. Um but uh, the big thing is that at the end of this episode, uh, Kagu Raki, who, uh, for those who might have missed the recap, uh, is the black uh, King Oger, uh, Hachi Oger, uh, he is meeting with Rackless, and Rackless pretty much tells him that, uh, you know, Rackless is ordering him to bring him Gira, and then he begins attacking them with um, another uh, mech. Um, so, uh... What are your guys' thoughts on uh, episode three? Want to go first? Um, I'll go first. Can I go for it? Yeah, can I, I 
Yeah, can I go first? Go ahead. Yeah, go for it. Do it. Okay. <sighs> I don't like her. <laughs> I don't not like this girl at all. I thought I was gonna like this. I was like, I was like, okay, another another you know yellow sensei babe. That's gonna be great. No, I despise, I despise her at like so much right now. Like it's like I don't like her more than I like Yama. It's like wow, you just come across as very very entitled and very annoyingly selfish. And I get the message, but I just still don't like her. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. We're not exactly and getting to, the best and, first and, impression. And don't even give me. You know what you and mean? Don't get me started on the fact that she lit. Oh, and don't get me started. She literally, oh, guys, she literally turned made one of her butlers who is who is around my age, by the way. He's like twenty five or twenty six or whatever. He looks like he's like eighty. She made him look like that to make him look older because because oh, uh, you need to look more of like a butler at, at, at and and whatnot. You're too young. I'm like what? Like this guy, this guy's literally my age. And she I'm made not him look like he's lie. Alfred's age from Batman. I'm not gonna lie, that was actually kind of funny. Uh huh. Yeah. It was. was. I mean, it kind of was, but it's like, wow, you just. I I definitely think she's the more unlikable character so far of the five. And yeah. I I think she's extremely selfish on the exterior, and that's what you're kind of focusing on. But yes. if you look at her <clears throat> behind the scenes and, like, between the lines, you can tell... Oh, no, I she, get that. You can tell that she cares about her kingdom and she likes them and she wants everything for them. Like, okay, I was, I was pretty pissed, I'll be honest with you, when she randomly said, that house is an eyesore, get rid of it. And then they blew it up with like an Acme TNT box or whatever. Um, I didn't like that because that was kind of city for her uh, people. But then you find out at the end of the episode that family was actually moved to a better house in a better area because yeah, she wants I'm, all I'm, her I was aware of that. She wants all her people to have a good life. So. I, no, I caught all that. It was just it. I yeah. still, I still just still think about her. That's just a line for for Patrick. Not to not like Yum. I don't like her. Him and oh, that's that's. I think that's our like contrast. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny with me being the pessimist for the first two episodes. I actually really, really like this one. And yeah. her, to be honest, she. I, I like. I'm just gonna too, say honestly. this right now. She's probably my favorite of the five. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't call her, yeah. wouldn't call her my favorite. But I definitely see why you like her. Because I liked her a lot, too, at the end see, of the episode. The reason why I like her so much is because I think out of all four of the, of the extra rangers that he meets... She's given the most valid and best explained reason why she's a good leader for her kingdom. They actually showed her doing good stuff for her people that actually made sense for people to want to like her. Yeah. Like, I can't stay the same for the other three. I actually can't. Um, But I like the message she got across about the whole being selfish isn't a bad thing. Because 
just from like personal experience, I'm a very uh, empathetic person to a fault. Uh, where I have this really bad habit of putting more effort into helping other people than myself, and it's gotten me into a lot of trouble. And I've had to learn the hard way that sometimes being selfish isn't a terrible thing, because if you need it to help your own cause, then do it. So I, I really related to the message she was giving across, and she kind of won me over immediately because of that. Yeah, I whenever I first started watching the episode, I had a split feeling of, okay, she's going to be She's either going to be extremely annoying or she's going to be one of the better characters in the season. Yeah. And by the end of it, I kind of fall on the ladder um, because, like you said, she actually cares about the people. Um, she kind of made it seem like she didn't care about a girl that couldn't walk anymore. But she proved that she did by actually healing her uh, during the episode. And letting and then, her walk and, and giving then, her something. Yeah, and then and then gave her really good motivation. Yeah. To, yeah, like <clears throat> I with the way I interpreted that, that um that part was I thought that she did heal her, but the 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 girl still couldn't walk because I think something like mentally was holding her back. I think how it was, it all was mental. Yeah, like I think it was Ironically, going back to that episode of Gridman, it was a matter of the kid not having the confidence to do it. Yeah. And oh, yeah, exactly back. yeah. Same kind of idea. Yeah. And seeing her, I thought her so, because I was leader, yeah. yeah, and seeing her leader jump in to like get her dress dirty, something that she was like holding on as like a prize to save her and everything like it was like okay there's your motivation to give it a try you never know so yeah i no i definitely enjoyed this episode um because again we're seeing another type of leadership style here um so far gira's kind of the anarchist uh Yanma is more of the aloof, not really caring, hands-off guy. But then Himeno is portrayed more as the I truly care for my people, but I have to do some things that may at the surface level feel unethical to better my people at the cost of whatever else is mm -hmm. external to our country. Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty awesome that we're seeing different leader styles. It's not all the same Oh well, here's a king who sits on a throne and they get fat because they eat all day. Yeah. So I, I I like it. I think this is a good move for them to have mm -hmm. this kind of thing coming up. Probably gonna give this one a seven. I personally really enjoyed it, but uh, I'm nothing special. But I still thought it was really good. I'm giving it a seven. This is the one I'm giving a nine. Okay. Yeah, I'm giving this a nine as well. Yeah. This might be give, you know, despite, my rant, despite my rants, I'm gonna give it an eight because I did still enjoy the episode and I understood. I understood everything, guys. But don't get me wrong. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Do you really? I don't know I if I still, believe you. <laughs> no, I do. No, I do. It's just, it's just. I don't know. She just, she still arcs me a little bit. But I have to keep watching, watching her order, like to maybe like open up to her a little bit. 
All right, well, that moves us on to episode uh, four, A Lordly Reception, which uh, revolves around Kaguraki, um, where uh, the three King Ogres that we met so far, they arrive in the Tofu Kingdom, uh, and they get welcomed by Kaguraki, but little do they know that it's secretly a plan for Kaguraki to hand over Gira to Rackless. Uh, Kaguraki actually uh, uses um, one of the, uh, they call it the great shugoshin it's called the god kabuto it's um like a stag beetle base mech which i don't they try to sit they imply that it's like on the same level of power as like the god wagata but that's actually kind of annoying because it ultimately is just <clears throat> another auxiliary mech that just becomes a huge gun the for king Oger to use so i don't really understand that um it's kind of annoying, but anyway, um, he uses, uh, um, he wants to hand over Gira because he wants to, um, because, you know, Rockless, you know, he wants to keep his people safe from Rockless. And at the end, um, you know, when Gira kind of says that he respects Kaguraki for, um, you know, helping his people, he, um, you know, Kaguraki at first appears to, you know, be all, you know, happy handy dandy with Gira after they defeat the monster. Then at the end, uh, Rita, uh, the purple King Oger, arrives and she, um, and Kaguraki hands Gira over to Rita and Rita declares that Gira will be put on trial. Um, I I don't know if I'm uh, I don't know if anybody else is going to disagree with me on this, but uh, Kagaraki is probably my favorite uh, King Oja right now. Oh no, he's my favorite too. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that's gonna be awkward. Well, I mean, I already said who my favorite was. To your least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like him. Oh. I don't either. What? I don't like what? him. What? I love he... his hearty personality, and he's and he's a he much is... fairer leader. <laughs> He's okay. spineless. That's all, that's all true. He's, he's spineless. Exactly. Thank you, Riz. He gets it. <laughs> he's he's a coward. He didn't, he didn't. He knows that Gira is the right side of the conflict, but he's too cowardly to stand up to Rackless and say, "No, screw you." I'm saying I'm I'm siding with Gira here, mm -hmm. and. I don't know. Overall, like he does that for the sake of his people. Not many political leaders are going to. Y'all, and you and freaking Patrick was getting on 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 Yama's case about doing the exact opposite. No, I was getting on to his people's case for how they reacted to it. I actually respected Yon Magas for having the gall to stand up to that fool. Yeah, <laughs> it's his people that I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, Patrick never had a problem with John Mike. He okay, had a problem yeah. with people. But in this case... Okay, okay. Okay, like, I don't so, like Jan Magas, but I respect him for standing up to the guy. <laughs> and like, I respect I respect this guy for <clears throat> handing over Gira to protect his people because he is a, he is the man of the people, I think. <clears throat> but he is still spineless to me. Yeah. I don't know. The question I was going to ask at the beginning of this episode review was what purpose does Kagaraki provide 
as a member of the King of your team because he's just Are you someone like fight like that? Fighting wise or just like No, hmm. of the three we've seen prior to him, to me he feels the most underdeveloped. Yeah, he just seems like big jolly goofball and there's doesn't seem like there's anything more deep to him than that. There isn't, and that's what I didn't like, is because we had a really deep story with uh, uh, Himeno, and Mm -hmm. I thought Yanma's story of, you know, how he acted in his kingdom, that gave him some, like, personality, that gave him some vice, and that gave him some kind of conflict that he has to resolve throughout the season. But aside from Kagaraki being kind of spineless in that episode, I don't, I don't see a lot from him yet, and I want more. Because I, when I was first reading, I think I even said it in the in the podcast we did on this, like the character bio, <clears throat> I thought I was gonna like him the most. But I, I'm hoping as the series progresses, I will like him the most, or I like him a lot more than I do right now. But as it stands, he's probably one of the weaker links in the team. Wow. Story development. I mean, okay. Okay, if I'm going to be honest, okay, maybe I spoke a... The more I'm thinking about it, like, I'm I'm actually kind of thinking about more of the previous episode. uh, Well, the next episode. Maybe... Uh, Kagaraki isn't my number one favorite because I'm starting to think that maybe uh, Rita might actually take that part, but uh, I would still put Kagaraki at number two. Uh, he's, still, he's still my favorite. I no, I he's still my favorite. I just like how no, I just think that he's you know more of a down to earth kind of you know just man of the people, and I just appreciate that from him. And I I can get what you're saying that he comes off as a little spineless, but. I don't know. I mean, I kind of disagree. I, I just, I mean, first of all, I really like, you know, the more goofball type of characters, and I don't think that he's really annoying or anything. I. Oh, no, he's not annoying whatsoever. No. I, I never said he's annoying. I just said that as far as his character development went, there's a lot more I desire from him. I mean, Riz, can't you look on the bright side? At least he's not John. I was going to save that comment for the end of the podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> we were all waiting not... for it. <laughs> and someone had to Look, set him off. <laughs> I, I, oh, we only got one more episode left, and he still hasn't taken his obligatory jab at Geki Ranger. I just... Because I'm... Because, was I now think, <laughs> because now I, I've, I've decided after the last podcast, I'm going to save my jab at Zahn for the end if there's nothing in the episode itself that make me want to yell at Zon again. Okay. And, <laughs> and I'm trying to I'm trying to enjoy myself with King Ozer, god dang it. <laughs> because I like King Ozer a lot. I can't tell from my nines across the board. Yeah. Oh boy. So set him off, Look, Zon, <laughs> okay, look, Kagaraki is an infinitely more developed character right now. Then Don was in what forty nine episodes. Dang. I, I'm just saying. You see what you I, did, I just Mason. Told you to the of the King Ozer, but you see most... what you did. Yeah, I see what I did. See what you did. But he's the most developed between him and Don. 
There's no competition here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can I can hear how red uh, how red Riz's face is right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to enjoy King Oger, and then Nathan had to sully the good name of King Oger with that threat. Oh, <laughs> I just cannot stand. Immediately regret. Oh boy! And the more I think about Gekkeringer, like you know, it's been what two and a half months since we watched it. My hatred only gets worse over time. Oh man. <laughs> I wasn't ready for any of that. <laughs> you know what? Was ready for that. You know what? I wasn't ready for that because I was going to go there. But the the button. <laughs> what do we want to give? Uh, you just couldn't just wait for that. What do we want to give four? Uh, uh, what do we want to give episode four out of ten? I'm going to give this an eight. I'm giving it an eight too. I really like this one. I'm going to give it an eight as well. Four. Oh, okay. Damn. Wow. This was the Oof. weakest. Of, these, this was the easily the weakest of this batch of episodes. Easily. I mean, it is the weakest of the five. I'll give you that. But it's still enjoyable to me. Wait, actually, we never actually talked about um the world's, well, uh, Jimeno's, Jimeno's uh, kingdom. And we they didn't explore it enough. Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Not... World? Yeah, we did. Oh, you're talking about hers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I thought we were they, I thought we were still on this guy. Quite a bit. No. I thought we were still on this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm still learning. I'm still learning names. Here's all you need Here's all you need to know about names, Patrick. Mm-hmm. The only name that stuck is Don. <laughs> <laughs> Round two. <laughs> <laughs> Round two. This is more like yeah. Round fifty at this point. But, but going back to speaking of worlds, is this guy? Um, what was his name again? Kagaraki. 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 His world was so underexplored. Yeah, it is. Um, like, here's a food market, and then it cuts to a battle in a cornfield. Isn't it like okay? <laughs> We got to be familiar with the people of the other kingdoms, but this one, it, it was just like... Yeah. <laughs> this is what it looks like. <laughs> uh, you know what, Patrick? You're making me reconsider that 8. <laughs> I'm gonna yes. it, I'm still gonna keep it at 8. No, I'm you're right, Matt. That's the, that's the major problem with this, is that... You're right. We don't see much of the world. All I know about this world is that they like food. Yeah, this whole episode felt like it it just didn't have enough time in the writer's room or something. I feel Mm. like this episode was... I don't want to call it filler. I don't want to call it filler. It wasn't filler, but but it sure as heck felt like it. (laughs) It really did. Because it wasn't filler. It, It had character development... At the base level, it could have been a lot stronger, but at least it's not Zahn and Gekirin, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
Once you start them up, you can't get them to stop. I apologize for that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> The blood's on your you hands, know, you Nathan. Know I, 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 I don't want to deal with this rest of my life because I'm the one that's just to this <laughs> Do we want to move on to the last one, guys? If anything, yeah. I, I apologize. I keep apologizing now. Anthony's got the the show recommendation version of Survivor's Guilt over here. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't you don't know how bad of a show it is until somebody else tells you, and then you watch it. And it's like, oh, like. Okay. I had blinders on. This happened, this happened twice in Tokyo Secrets. Remember that. Once with Jetman with Nathan, and once with you for Gekki Come Ranger. on, Jetman wasn't so terrible. Wait, I, thought you, I, thought you, I thought you liked no, Jetman more than like Gekki Jetman was good, but it wasn't stellar like how y'all made it out to Yeah, be. okay. <clears throat> so. Oh, All the okay. hype that I gave you about Guy was real, though. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Hundred percent. That's, I was that's what matters I most. Still, I, thought, I, thought I, did, I thought I did like you know worse than, than with Nate. I was like, I thought you looked. Uh, you know what I love? To see? You ready for round three? You know what oh. I love to see? No, <laughs> let's just finish this up. <laughs> We're so close guys. to the finish line. <laughs> okay, real quick. I, real quick. <laughs> I would love to see a tag team fight. On one side, you got Marvelous and Guy. On the other side, you got Don. Why doesn't Don have a partner? Because nobody <laughs> likes him. Hey, you can always see him up with Akanizer. Akanizer. Okay, yes, but see, that's mean to Akanizer. Oh, Lord. I don't like him either. <laughs> Put him up with them. I, th that, that way they can argue about how, like, how annoying their their memories are. I almost want to sit down and watch re watch Neen Ninja now just to understand the pain. <laughs> you know what? Don and the lawnmower can team up. Oh. Not Okay, before I go on rant number four, episode five, read a contract. <laughs> The King of Winter is coming. There, let's Nathan, just, go. Let's just okay. get. So, in this episode, Gira, okay, episode five, Gira gets taken to the Winter Kingdom, uh, Gokhan, that's Rita's kingdom, uh, to stand judgment from Rita. And we get a huge revelation here. Uh, we'll talk about it in a second. So, uh, the beginning of this episode kind of reveals that Rita is like a chief justice for Shikyu. Like, we get a brief uh, moment where she's actually. Uh, Said to judge someone from Yama's kingdom, and she punishes him. So Rita is like, she's not just the king of this uh, kingdom. She's like, effectively like the big chief justice, and uh, she uh, she apparently likes to spend time in a room. Uh, th this is actually kind of a cool because Rita's actually a very serious person. Like she keeps half her face covered. Like uh, what's the name of that character from My Hero Academia, Anthony Genus or? Uh, Best genius, yeah. Um, yeah, but then she likes to go to this private room with like a million locks on it, where she gets advice from her stuffed yeti, a mofoon, and she talks to him, <laughs> and she talks for him. That that's adorable. I love it. That was adorable. Um, yes, hey, that that one scene hey, kind of won me quick, over a little bit. <laughs> real quick, 
This is how you do a Yeti. I'm looking at you, Operation Overdrive. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> snap. Oh, great. Now we're dragging that into this. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so uh, Rita is under a lot of pressure to, uh, you know, find Gira innocent. You know, Rackless <laughs> is trying to pressure her into doing it. But then... During the trial, where everyone um, is attending, so, you know, we're talking about all the Ogers and Rackless and their... Arita rules that Gira is innocent, uh, both because she believes that because Gira was able to unlock King Oger when nobody else was in the first episode, that makes him worthy of being a king. And then we get a huge uh, plot twist here, where... Um, where apparently uh, Rita had an, a DNA test performed. It turns out that um, Hira is Rackless's little brother. Dun dun dun. Uh, we um, and now that twist is kind of weird because we are shown them meeting in a flashback and. I don't know. Gira looks like he would have been young enough to remember Rackless being. He would have been old enough to remember it. Um, Here's what my, my theory is in. I think Rackless had his memory wiped. Oh, that's possible. Yeah. No, he admitted to knowing that this is his brother. Really? How come we never knew that before? He said that in the episode, didn't he? Maybe he did. I, wait, I didn't wait, get what? that. <laughs> I did. Maybe I misunderstood something. Who Rackless is new? Yeah. Yeah. He. No, no. I said. I said. I said. Not said Rackless might have. Might have uh, pretty like tri- I took. He took uh, Gareth's memory away. Oh. Oh yeah. No, Gareth has no <clears throat> memory whatsoever. Right. Yeah. 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 Wait, wait, wait. That, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Okay, now I thought you were talking about Rockcliffe having the memory. Like, no, Rockcliffe knows what no! he did. Oh, I was talking about Gira. <laughs> no, no, Gira has no idea. Gira is an innocent little boy. But Gira looks like, I mean. That's what I was saying. I was saying like, I'm saying Rockcliffe was probably the one that, like, he was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, like, erase his memory and send him off to the Four Kingdoms so I can finally have, have the Kingdom for myself. In the, That's what my I was thing saying. is that, like, in the flashback. <laughs> When we see Rackless and Gira together, like, Gira looks like he can, he's probably, like, maybe, like, five years old or something like that. Like, so he looks like, there's no way that he couldn't remember Rackless being his brother. So there has to be something, like, I don't know, like, maybe there, maybe. That's why, that's why I said it's a memory wipe. He's a memory wipe. I mean, I'm willing to bet that maybe, like, their father wanted make Gira the king instead of Rackless and then Rackless was always, no! I want to be king! And then he like screwed with his brother's memory or something. Like, that just sounds like something he do. Yeah. That's what I was saying, but Rhea thought I was saying something completely different. I'm like, what are you talking about? The om- yeah, I misunderstood you. The om- yeah, you did. <laughs> For that plot twist, I mean, the rest of the episode plays out the way that you would have expected. Uh, well, first of all, the King Ogres all transform together for the first time. No, they don't. What? 
They kick him down. They kick him to the ground, and then they transform without him. <laughs> without Rackless? No, without yeah, uh, right. Gira. They kick Gira to the ground. It was hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so they defeat the monster together, and then there's you know an end of the episode where all the King Ogers go back to their separate kingdoms, except Gira, who now vows that he's going to kill Rackless himself. And but unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Someone stole a scorpion mech from. Uh, hold, hold on a second. You know, just pause. Hey, Anthony, there's a noise coming out from your end. Could you mute your mic? Hmm? I have a weird noise coming out of your end on your mic. It almost it almost sounds like speakers or something. I think it's the Bluetooth speaker. Uh, it's probably Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, go yeah. on mute until you're talking. When you're talking, it has no problem. Okay, give me one second. <clears throat> Will you be able to edit this out, Riz? And here is more Riz. And here is more Riz editing. Sorry about that. <clears throat> Not your fault. Nah, it's my fault, my guys. <laughs> one day we're gonna get you a mic that's like not gonna blow up on us over time. <laughs> Okay, you good, Anthony? Do you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. It must have been like the 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 echo. I mean, not echoey, but like maybe it was like the um. I don't know. Maybe like the kickback was finally kicking in. Finally. Mm hmm. Cause it was going good for a while. I had my headphones like, literally the entire time we were on, we were having the um, doing the review. So I'm not sure what happened. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, we we can. Um, I pretty much uh, wrapped up reviewing the plot. Yeah. So uh, do we? Th um, to be honest, looking back at like some of the things with this episode, uh, I'm probably I might actually kind of uh, retake what I said about Kagaraki. I actually really like Rita. I love her, like, you know, I think, well, first of all, I think she's a real badass, and, uh, but I like, you know, the, you know, her side of, like, you know, coming off as this cold and, like, serious personality, but her scene where she's talking with Mofoon, or however you pronounce his name, that's adorable. I, she's a great character. Yeah. I think she's gonna yeah. be my favorite in the long run. She's well, my second so, favorite, actually. Yeah, same here. There's a couple here. things about Rita I love a lot that we haven't talked about. So, you can kind of see Rita in the background of most of the other episodes leading up to this, doing the investigation. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I like how they integrated her throughout without her interacting with the team as a whole until here. And I do like that she's not just a judge. She's also extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. To put all this together because <laughs> no way you could easily make the jump of Okay, Gira got the King of your Red powers to work, therefore he must be some kind of royalty. So let's do a blood test. But wait, what blood should I run against him? Oh, let me try running the blood of this guy. And then collaborating with the other kings is pretty badass. You're like, he had to get Himona to run the blood test. And then, yeah, I, I just thought it was really well done. Oh, and also, um, he got uh, Yanma to verify that, yeah, only royalty can unlock right. it. Yep. 
So, they really pulled on everyone's strengths to help out here. I have to admit, though, I didn't really see the, like, maybe some people thought that the twist of Gira turning out to be Rackless's brother was just kind of a given. I honestly didn't think that they would go that route. Like, I honestly didn't see that twist coming. Well, I mean, I, I made a big fuss about that when we were talking about the first episode. I was like, it's either he's loyal, to, he's royalty in some fashion, not sure how, or that sword was not very secure. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe like being Rackles's brother was probably not what I was thinking they were gonna do. My biggest problem with this whole ordeal is the timing of it. I thought this was gonna be like a near end game revelation, not. Yeah. Episode 5 revelation. I, yeah. But I think they're going to set this up to provide a better conflict between Gira and Rockleth that goes beyond the ah-ha-ha, I am the uh, king of the red because I have the sword and you don't. Screw you. Yeah. And Rockleth's been like, I'm the true king. You're just an imposter. But now they've given the stakes a bit more meaning because now they have well, okay, they're both the heir to the kingdom. So either one of them can unlock it, technically. Gira unlocked it. It's his now. It just, it just leaves me questioning how they're going to go about handling this now. Well, I think, <clears throat> I think what we're... I think you're right. It's moving quick. Mm-hmm. But I get a feeling at a certain point, like maybe in the next couple of episodes, we're going to start slowing down with the high, intense movement of plot. <laughs> And things are going to build and get more intense. And um, I, I just think the story is going to start getting uh, even more uh, developed and enriched, I think. Well, they still haven't. I mean, they're probably going to have to do something because, like, slowing down on this whole storyline between these two because the Bagnarok have barely been explained or explored. Yeah. If they're supposed to be well, the main antagonist, they've had almost no role in the story through five episodes. They've only appeared in one episode, yeah. I think. Yeah, but it's just kind of weird how the main villains have had like almost no because we haven't even talked about them up to this point. Because that tells you how talk about. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and that that's just right weird now, we to do... me. Well, okay, the main protagonists haven't been talked about. Because we're exploring the side prota- antagonist right now of Rackless. And also, I meant to yeah. say antagonist in the first instance as well, but yeah. I worded it wrong. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think once the Rackless and Gera subplot gets kind of more resolved, I think we're going to focus in on the bigger threat of the main antagonist. Yeah, but th- that's kind of my concern mm-hmm. about them kind of dropping the plot twist this early is it's either they're going to drag the aftermath of this out to an excruciatingly long degree to where it runs thin or it's going to end a little bit too early in the season and kind of lose its impact so I just I was hoping that this twist would be introduced at least around the halfway mark or something to kind of be like the the mid-season 
oh crap moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. It just, it kind of leaves me concerned about maybe pacing going forward. Yeah. But, I don't know, we'll see. What do we want to give this episode out of 10? Um, I, I would probably say an 8, for me anyway. I really like Rita as a character. I'm, I'm giving gonna it a 9. I'm going to give this one a 9. I'm going to give it a 9.5 for that reason. I'm giving it a straight 10. Well, okay then. Wow. I mean, it's not my favorite episode of The Batch, but it probably is the best episode of The Batch. Yeah. So, you know, um, to kind of re- move into the review segment thing, uh, that I, I briefly hinted that I wanted to say this, but, uh, but you know, now I think it's a better time. So like I said earlier, um, and I don't know what to call it, I just want to call it the Cure Uger model because it's literally the only other Sentai that I know that kind of that route with building the team. I really like how these five episodes have, you know, built them with all coming together, but... This actually does it, I think, a little bit better than Cure Uger, and the reason why is because with the episodes of Cure Uger, with them bringing the team together, every episode, they had to find a way to connect Daigo, uh, King, you know, Cure You Red, to the, to the mm-hmm. other Cure Uger's plot. It's ultimately, like, Daigo helps them solve a crisis. So, like, you know, episode two is all about him solving... A crisis with Cure You Blue and Cure You Pink, I and mean, then Cure You Blue and Cure You Pink join him, and then after that, you have uh, Anthony's guy uh, Soji, you know, getting one of his crises solved by Daigo, and so on and so forth. I, obviously, Gira is meant to be the main character, but I think his role in these episodes is somewhat subdued. Like, I do feel like these episodes are definitively about like I do feel like these episodes do a great job of establishing the personalities of the other King Ogers without pushing Gira down our throats too much, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he's he's almost created like a point-of-view character where he's not familiar with these surroundings like we are, so he's kind of learning about the world along with us. Yeah. So taking a bit of a backseat in these episodes isn't a bad thing. It's actually kind of a smart decision because you're right, the king kind of having the forefront and all that stuff—that was just Cure Yuji's problem in general. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Daigo Sentai King, right? but probably, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, this is this is a way better Sentai than Cure Yuji so far. So far, probably my favorite running gags and how we're talking about Gira right now is <laughs> his his desperate pleas to get sent back home. And it never works. That was one of my favorite. That was my favorite, like running theme through these episodes. It's like, yeah, yes, I am evil. Back. Please send me home so I can be judged fairly or something. Everybody's like, what the heck is wrong with him? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. He's it's like when you like, in, in a good way, though. When you want to get arrested, like, but no one believes you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was. I've never seen a man wanting to get arrested so badly and somehow never does. <laughs> I mean, 
It's like that SpongeBob episode where, you know, they try to, like, where they want to get in jail to get Mrs. Puff out of jail, and they try to rob the bank, and they just botch that. <laughs> Put in the bag! <laughs> He's facing the wrong direction with a sock on his head. Yeah. So that's kind of like Gira in a much more psychotic God, way. I, I just, no, 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 no. Like, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to send you back to Rackless. That would be so mean. No, I want to go back. Let me go back home. Put me in jail. What is wrong with him? Yeah, they're like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> and can we also just talk about the fact that I just love the fact that Rita slapped the mess out of like Rackless, but I like, try to make it out seem that like it was like, oh, you, you had a mosquito on you. I'm just trying to save your life. Yeah, and then like got a blood sample off of him. That way, she's slick. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> she's yep, real yeah. slick. Got more of a spine than Kaguraki. I get. Maybe that's why I ultimately call her my favorite because. <laughs> She has the gut stash, we walk up and slap him in the face. So mm. I honestly still don't like view like uh Takarak. I keep getting probably get his name, yeah. but like I still don't see him as cowardly though, but that's just me though. Cause not everybody's gonna have the same mindset of like, oh, let me go ahead and stand up to the king or let me stand up to this, you know, like maybe some people just want to do things differently on differently to, to Get the same get the same result. I mean, I think about it more. I can kind of see the argument that Kagaraki leans more towards the pacifist type of leader, which is a type of leader we haven't seen yet in the Five Kings. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I can see that argument being made, and I think that retract some of my harsher sentiments towards him. Um, I still wish he, you know, didn't want to bend over to Rockless, but, you know, I get it. He didn't want to fight. He wants to protect his people, and I think he also leans a bit more pacifist because they're more food and harvest oriented than war oriented yeah because think because think about it if he did end up like you know double crossing Rackless like what he did guess what this was gonna happen Rackless is gonna be like okay burn his crops destroy yeah. his entire civilization whatsoever and just just burn all the resources of the ground and then he would be then he would be then he'll feel he'll feel so broken and he's like i can't believe i did that i i ruined my kingdom, just, just you know, trying to stand to that guy. Yeah. Because remember, he literally stopped um, the Bugnarok from attacking his crops. Mm -hmm. He's that dedicated to his to his uh, agriculture and his you know kingdom like that. Yeah, definitely. Like he's definitely like they... very dedicated. I'm not going to take mm -hmm. that away from him. I just. When I was watching the episode, I was like, okay, you, you gotta do something to, you know, stand up to Rockless because he's a bad <clears throat> bastard. Yeah, I think that's that's probably where my annoyance with him comes in, is that he knew who was in the right and who was in the wrong and didn't really seem to care too much. Hopefully, maybe down the line, he will probably, will, maybe he'll, like, <clears throat> change for the better and maybe he will stand up to the guy. I hope so. I think but I thought like at that time, it just wasn't the right time to do it. I think now that the King of Wizards are unified, I think we're going to see that more. Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. 
Especially now that Rackless is probably going to hit full on desperation mode here next, now that he knows that he's oh, lost yeah. control of the situation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, normally, uh, I would have us talk about the villains, but as Patrick said, there's literally nothing to talk about. Um, I don't, um, you know, this is a... We had villains? Yeah, I know. You know I had a, I read something on one of the... Uh, Groups I'm, groups I'm in, it's just like a, like a talk, tok, tokusatsu um, Facebook group, and they had a really they had a really interesting theory, but until it actually comes to fruition, I'm still gonna be like, eh, the villains are kind of meh. What someone said was, was that they assume that one of Reckless's men might secretly be one of the Butner, Butnerot generals. Oh. I mean, that would that would lead the way for the theory I read that at some point uh, Ratless will become one of the six strangers of a team. And so it might be that there's a conflict and he eventually turns to the good side. Honestly, yeah, now, that we're, ta- now like, that we're talking uh, about... Thinking that, um, it was, I think it was the, the, the shorter guy. He was like the, 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 the chubby mm-hmm. one. The mm-hmm. one that like kind of was like, uh, I'm trying to think of what it is because they had the because the way the way the person had described it on 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 the in the group, it was like oh he had the same mannerisms as the other guy which I noticed that too I was like oh it, the theory could be wrong but it's it's nice to see but if I, if it's if it's accurate cool you know, if it's not oh well you know now that you bring up theories of him maybe having ties to the Bugner. I wouldn't be shocked if they revealed if Rackless is the reason they were released. Yeah. Especially since he... Like, inadvertently, anyway. Because, I mean, he said that the time of them reviving is near, and I want to unite all the kingdoms or something. Like, it was almost like, maybe like he saw it as like a power move. If I release them out of desperation, I can snag all the kingdoms and get them under my own... My, my, my stranglehold or something. Because he sounds like the kind of guy that would do something like that. Yeah. And it will also lead into, like, maybe one of the Bugnarok people, like, you know, uh, hypnotizing Giru, Gira and take his memories away. Yeah? So. How do we, um, so this is, you know, kind of the new, <clears throat> new segment that we have uh, here, uh, what we've already kind of talked about these characters for the most part, like, you know, this is still early, so we can't really, and each of these episodes have kind of revealed who they are, but how would each of us rank these characters from their favorite to their least favorite, the five uh, King Ogers? Anyone can go first. Um, go ahead, Pat. I'd probably go um, Himino, Gira, Rita, uh, Yanma and Kaguraki, probably in that order. Okay. I'd probably go Rita, Gera, Himeno, Yanma, Kaguraki. Hmm. Because I still want Kaguraki development, dang it. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Kaguraki, Rita, Gira, I'm... I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Yanma and uh, Himeno. Yeah, that makes sense for you. 
I would yes. probably. Uh, I don't really hate any of these characters. Um, I mean, I'm not. Uh, <clears throat> probably Rita. Um, Rita, Rita for first, definitely. Uh, I was gonna put Kagaraki as my second, but I'm kind of starting to see the flaws with him after <clears throat> what Riz and Patrick said. So I'm actually gonna have him be behind Gira. So Rita, Gira, um, Kagaraki. I'll probably do Himeno after that, and then Yanma. None of these characters are bad. I just, I don't know. I, I guess I just prefer some more than others. I like how this is the first set, uh, re- review we've done, I think, where our list for the characters are all yeah. different. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, wh- I guess with this, like, you know, we all have different tastes, you know, unlike, you know, someone like Jetman, where it's kind of obvious who are the good characters and who are the bad, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Do we have? Do we have anything else yeah. we want to say, or anybody want to give their? Or or the very obvious Gekkarin's word are all bad, except for like two characters. <laughs> do we want to give a? Mm-hmm. Everybody want to give you know their overall thoughts of like you know where the series is going. Like anything else you guys <laughs> want to say? Um, I'm really enjoying this a lot more than I was expecting. So I <laughs> I walked into King Ozer with. Higher than average expectations because I wanted to, the medieval royalty thing to work. But then my expectations were kind of blown out the water because this is better than I was hoping for, in my opinion. Like, it, it has some of the best cinema, cinematography and visual effects of any other Sentai I've seen. <clears throat> the characters, for the most part, are all really likable, very interesting. Um, and there's a lot of diversity in them, and they don't really... I mean, they kind of follow a little bit of the typical Sentai ranger tropes, but they don't all fully follow any one trope. Like, there's always a twist with them, right? Like, so I, I'm really liking that about this uh, a lot, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how this goes in the future, because there's a lot of things still up in the air for me. <clears throat> all right. Uh, I'm probably <laughs> there. It was. Uh, I'm probably. I've probably come off as the most harsh of everybody here about this season up to this so far. And like it, the things it does well, it does really well. But the things it doesn't do well kind of annoy me. Um. I'm kind of 50-50 on this season so far, to be honest. I, I, it's, it's one of those things where there's just something about the show up to this point that's bothering me, and I can't quite put my finger on what it is yet. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping it wins me over more as we go along, but it's, it's kind of a janky start. Do you feel your opinion's gotten better since episode one, or do you think it's gotten worse since episode one? I don't think it's changed. Okay. I'm like, it's perfectly average so far. Uh, Anthony? Mm, I'm still, I'm loving the story so far. I'm I'm not really sure where the story's going to, but going heading to in the future. But like, I'm just on for the ride. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I I haven't seen any of the um uh, ironically, this is going to be the first Sentai of the Reiwa era. The Reiwa era is the current era in Japan that started with the uh, Soldier, which is funny <laughs> because I've heard some pretty bad things about the Reiwa era like I mean, people like Kira Major, but then people have issues with, like, uh, Ryu Soldier, like, including Anthony <laughs> here. Um, but then they all love Zenkaiser and uh, Dawn Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, those are actually But if it. this is what some of the Reiwa-era Sentais are like, then yeah, I'm on board with it. I, I, I can see what that there might be something off of what Patrick is saying, but I'm still optimistic for it. I'm, I'm definitely... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hoping it's not... The thing that's bothering me isn't that it's such a departure from what we're used to because the last Sentai I watched from start to finish as it was airing was Cure Uger. And that was a little bit more traditional Sentai. This has a lot of risks and like firsts and unorthodox approaches to the show. And I hope that's not what's bothering me. <laughs> Anything else anybody wants to say? No, no? I'm good. And uh, I'm very excited for where we go from here on our journey as uh, podcasters. All right. Because uh, the next time we get together, we're talking about Mighty Morphin once yep. and always. I was, uh, <clears throat> was going to mm -hmm. say that. So, uh, yeah, guys. Uh, well, first of all, uh, we thank you guys for joining us. Um, and uh, yeah, the uh, King Oger's here, and we're all, I mean, most of us seem to be pretty optimistic, so we're definitely looking forward to uh, moving forward with that. We'll be revisiting uh, King Oger again uh, next month in May. With that being said, uh, we are about to take a huge step. Uh, we're going to be reviewing a lot of Mighty Morphin content. Uh, we are going to be doing the Once and Always, the anniversary special. We're really looking forward to that. Um, oh, Yeah. And after that, yeah. we're going to be doing uh, Season 1 of Mighty Morphin to lead up to us reviewing Kiryu Sentai uh, G-Ranger, Patrick's favorite Sentai. Um, <laughs> Never going to stop saying that, lie. are you? <laughs> they don't lie. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, you and I will have a rant off at some point on who's worse, D-Ranger or Geki ranger eh, Let's wait until we're done with Zoo ranger before we do that. That's what I'm right. saying. When we're done with that, we're going to have an episode just doing a rant off. You need to experience Zoo Ranger's final 40 episodes of complete filler. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to visiting. Uh, Nothing when matters. We, but when we meet up again, guys, uh, we hope you guys will join us because we are looking forward. We are finally going to get to see a lot of our favorite original Money Morphin Power Rangers back together. Um, and we... We're all looking forward to that, and we hope you guys will join us for that. That being said, we thank you guys so much for taking the time to uh, listen to this podcast. We love each and every one of you who take the time to listen to us, whether you listen to us on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes. We love you all, and we thank you guys so much. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can feel free to leave uh, comments down below. Uh, we will take your comments into consideration, uh, and uh, we'll have segments where you know we'll read the comments. Uh, because we take your commentary into account. With that said, we are Toku Secrets. We will see you guys next time when we do review the highly anticipated once and always. But until that time, guys, we will see you later. You guys stay safe. We love you.
See you later.